You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Beginning at verse 3, or you can look up on the screen as well. I am going to be sharing in the second part of a series on evangelism today. This is going to be a six-part series on evangelism. Uh, this is part two today. Uh, didn't Pastor Dave do a fabulous job last week? Wow. I, I wrestled with that message all week long. I mean, it, ju- it, it just it, it shook me to my core and it challenged me greatly uh, just to, to be ignited by the gospel more than ever. Um, and so uh, he did, did just a fabulous job of like, like jump-starting this series. I mean, he just catapulted us into the heart of God uh, and, uh, and did it in just a, a very wonderful way. So I'm very thankful for the, for the good start. Um, I told him this week, I said, there's no way I can follow that. You know, you did such an excellent job. Thank you, Dwayne. I love your support, brother. Okay, uh, I, I feel so confident now. Uh, appreciate that. <laughs> And, and there isn't, I mean, how do you follow the gospel? You know, we're, we're, we're trying to come back now around that and try to talk about that. But, but don't lose that. Don't lose the power of last week's message as we, as we kind of work around that and build around that now. Because that's the heart of it, all right? That's the crux of it all right there. And, uh, and so now we're going to put some stuff around that. And I'm going to be quite honest with you and forthright today. I am going to do everything I possibly can to make you uh, just feel like you have to share the gospel. All right, uh, I'm going to border legalism. I'm going to 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 border control. I'm going to border guilt. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get right to the edge of a lot of places. All right, today, uh, but we're going to stay in the right tree. We're in the tree of life, and we're going to stay in grace. But I want you today to feel some stuff in your heart. I want to I tug at some places inside of you because I think this gospel is everything. I think it is absolutely everything. And so for the next few minutes, I want to explain to you, uh, and we're going to do this in, in kind of two, two Sundays and, and uh, talk a little bit more next Sunday, but, but there's uh, about three things that I want to really throw at you this morning as to why share the gospel. All right. Pastor Dave gave you the gospel. Now, why should you share it? All right? And, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out more about this idea of this epic story of the gospel as we go along in this series. And at one point down the, the road here, probably in, in, in part four or, or five or so, we're going to talk about your story and, uh, and entwining your story into his story which is what the Apostle Paul did. Uh, he talked about what Jesus did for him, but he put that in the context of the bigger story of what Jesus has done for all of us, okay? And so what we're wanting to do here uh, in, the, in this series is pull you into it, all right? We want to bring you into this epic story of Jesus and uh, Jesus as the rescuer, and so we're going to, we're going to focus now uh, on you as well, and I as well as on Jesus, all right? We never take the focus off Jesus, and we never lose sight of, of the greatness of, of the gospel and, and the role of, of Jesus Christ in it. But now, we're going to bring you and I into that, all right? We're going we're to draw us into that, because you see, it is Christ in you now. So the rescuer is in you. All right, so the rescue mission is in you. All right, so you have a part to play in this whole thing. And so we're going to talk here for a couple of Sundays about this idea of 
uh, you and I cooperating with God, coming along beside Christ and being a big, huge part of this gospel message uh, of, of Jesus, all right? So to, to begin, let's talk a moment about the dynamic of the gospel. So let's go to Colossians chapter 1 and let's begin reading at verse 3. Now this, I love Colossians, and by the way, in this year of equipping, this is the book of the Bible that we're going to go through verse by verse, all right? Last, last, time or last year we went through James all right this year we're going to go through Colossians so this is going to be our book uh, of equipping if, if you will so we're going to make reference all through the, the various series that we do through the year there'll be references uh, throughout of the book of Colossians all right um, and we want you to study it and we want you to really get into it and, and, and really uh, just 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 soak it in all right so in Colossians chapter 1 beginning at verse 3 and this is the area where Paul is talking about I mean giving thanks for and praying for for uh, the church. And he says, beginning in verse 3, he says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and the love that springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and about which, and get this, you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. All right? The gospel came to them. They heard the message of the true gospel and, uh, and, and, and received that message. So then it says, in the same way, the gospel then is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it, and truly understood God's grace. There's the dynamic right there. The message is brought forth. The gospel is preached or shared or told or expressed in some manner. Someone hears that gospel and they respond to that gospel. And when they have responded to that gospel in their own life, then they begin to respond as well, sharing that gospel or taking it out. And so it bears fruit and it grows throughout the whole world. Because they truly understand, then they respond. He says, you learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and he told us of, of your love. So here's this, this guy who comes and he shares the gospel. They receive the gospel. Now they're taking the gospel and they're sharing the gospel and it's going around the world. That's the dynamic of the gospel. So I'm going to tell you something. It was never, ever, ever intended that you and I would hold the gospel and not share it. That was never the intention of God. That was never the intention of Christ. That isn't the intention of Life Church. That isn't the intention of the leadership here. Our intention is that you let it go. Not in that you release it from yourself, but that you let it go into the earth by proclaiming this same gospel. That you and I are constantly and continually sharing our faith with someone else. I honestly believe personally that this should be an intention that is in our heart at all times. It's sort of like praying without ceasing. You can't be literally in the position of prayer and praying all the time. But you can be in the spirit of prayer all the time. Prepare to pray at a given moment's notice. And I think you and I should be the same way about sharing the gospel. We need to be prepared to share the gospel. 
That message that Pastor Dave gave to you last week is the only message, and it is available for you to share. It's it's not closed. It's, It's not cordoned off. It's not hidden away. It's not some secret diary somewhere uh, buried in some cavern or cave in the Holy Land somewhere and never to be found. This is not some uh, elusive Holy Grail out there. We ain't Indiana Jones going looking for something. We got it. All right? We have it. And it's been presented in Life Church. I don't think there's a week that goes by that I don't struggle with whether or not I've, I've been faithful and whether or not I've shepherded as good as I can and whether or not I've done the things that are, that are in the heart of God. But I'll tell you this, there's one thing I will stand on and I will be confident of all the days of my life is that we have intention to share the gospel. And we're trying really hard to do that. Because I believe that that's the crux, that's, that's the hallmark piece of, of, of all that we're all about. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so in Life Church, we're going to continue to do that. We're going to keep sharing the gospel with the intent that this is the dynamic when you have heard the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way that gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. So let me give you some things to think about here, very, very, hopefully very quickly. And the first is this, and to answer that question, why share this gospel? Why, why come into this dynamic? Why be a part of this process of sharing the gospel around the world? Why do this? Number one, because there isn't any other answer. There's nothing else out there. There, there, there's, you, you can't take anything else to someone for them to be saved. Look at Galatians chapter, to, chapter 1 beginning at verse 8. But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be under God's curse! Exclamation point. As we have already said, so now I say again, If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. There there just isn't anything else you can bring. You can't create another gospel. You You can't come up with something new and innovative and different. When I was a little boy, I remember my mom taking me uh, out to, to, to the, the garage. I, we lived in South Georgia and our washing machine and dryer was in, in a, a, a room out in, in the garage. We didn't have it in, in the house. And, uh, and we, we would take the laundry out there and, and, and she said, she said get, let's get the laundry, you're coming with me. And I'm thinking, what, what, what are we going to do? You know? and, and I said, well, what, what's going on? And she said, I'm going to teach you how to wash clothes. And I'm thinking, ah, that's the last thing I want to do is learn how to wash clothes. You know, so she's, she's stuffing stuff in the washer and telling me this thing about colors and separating colors and washing whites differently than colors and all that kind of stuff, which I did not pay attention to. And my wife can tell you that I certainly didn't pay attention to that um, and tell you stories. But, you know, she said, this is something that, that you, will, you will need to learn how to do. And, and I said, okay, so I'm looking at the box of Tide. My mother used Tide. Now, when my mother decided to own something like Tide, you never brought anything else home. 
You know, if she said, get laundry detergent, you got tied. You know, if she said, get soap, you got dial. And, and from her mindset, there was never any, there wasn't anything else in the store. That's all there was. So if you brought something else, it was like, what were you thinking? Where'd you find this? She's oblivious to anything else. She goes right to the Tide and picks it up and brings it home. And so our clothes are always washed with Tide, you know. And so when we went to visit family in Florida, they didn't use Tide. So my mom would say to my dad, she said, buddy, go get some Tide. Find out where the store is and go get the Tide because we're going to wash our clothes in Tide. Well, they got detergent. I don't care. We're going to wash our clothes in Tide. So all through my growing up years, we had Tide. And I remember, I remember the box of Tide, the original Tide. Then there was, was a different kind of Tide, a new and improved version of Tide, you know. And then there was an advanced Tide. And then there was a fragrant Tide. And then there was an unfragrant Tide because it bothered people to use the fragrant Tide. And they broke out with a rash. And now there's the highly advanced or newly improved tide. Always building on it. Always trying to make it better. It's never good enough. Folks, Jesus did it. He nailed it. He got it. There's nothing else you need. There is no other name by which you can be saved except that of Jesus Christ. You're not getting in over the wall. You can't climb in some other way. There isn't even a back door. It doesn't happen. There is only Jesus Christ and no other way to go. There's no other answer for you and I to give a lost person except Jesus Christ, Him crucified, resurrected, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and He's coming back again. That's it. That is the gospel. That is the message right there. So there isn't any other answer for you and I. We have nothing else to give. I appreciate the TMT this morning because I want to take you back to the, to the Old Testament just a minute and give you kind of like, like the, the, the solidifying standard that, that started way back then in Psalm 16 beginning at verse 3. This is King David and he says, I say of the holy people who are in this land. I'm going to talk about them for just a minute. All right, I say... This is, my, this is my remark, this is my observation of the holy people who are in the land. They are the noble ones in whom is all my delight, God says. And then David says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. David says, those who run after other gods in verse 4 will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. In other words, they don't have a part in this thing. Now, I, I want to help you to understand something. Now, I, I want to tread carefully here because I want to offend anybody, but the gospel does offend. All right? But those who have mixed it up, it doesn't work. It won't be mixed. The gospel 
and everything else is like oil and water. They just, you can't, you can't put them together. You can't make them stick together. They don't go together. You can't synchronize all this stuff together. There's no syncretism in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the only Savior, and there's no other. And there's no other way to get saved but the Savior, all right? So you can't tag something on. You can't bring something in. You can't push something into the package and bring it along. You can't tag it on. It doesn't work that way. It is the gospel and there is no other gospel. And if you preach another one, you're in danger of being cursed by God. Lord, you alone, you are what I need. I don't need anything else. There's, there's nothing else out there. And that's going to be the challenge for you and I as we go forward here, even as we are understanding salvation and as, as we're understanding evangelism and as we're understanding the, the, the burden of the lost and we're, as we're understanding God's heart and all these things and they start to all fit together, we're going to begin to, to realize some things and that's that, that there is nothing else that will do. And it's going to challenge you and I. I've been challenged all week with this stuff. I, I don't know... I, I don't, I don't have a problem crying. I don't like to cry, and I don't like to cry in public, but I do sometimes. It's just the way it goes. I don't, it's not like I, I, I don't have a scripted thing here that says, oh, now Pastor Bill will cry. <sighs> I can't do that. <laughs> if I could do that, boy. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh-uh, No. But all week I've been crying because, uh, well, gosh, here it goes. Shoot. Um, because I, uh, I'm just seeing how much the church has added to something so beautiful and, and pure and simple. And that is the gospel. And I think that just must, must just break God's heart to see us put all these trappings around this, this beautiful gospel that's so simple and clear and perfect. And God help Life Church. Not only that we not add anything more, but maybe we need to peel some things away and, and, and learn how to present this, this very pure and holy gospel. Acts chapter 4, verse 11 Jesus is the stone that you builders rejected. He's become the cornerstone. I love verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And I love that the next verse, verse 13, says that when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Listen, education is a great thing, but you don't have to be educated. Being appropriate is really, really good. But some will find the sharing of the gospel as inappropriate. Folks, what he's saying is, if people don't hear about Jesus, they're not going to get it. And how are they going to hear, the Bible says, unless someone tells them? 
And who's going to tell them except those who have the story? And that is you and I. Oh, I know. I, I, I remember a lady talking about how that she didn't need to tell anybody about Jesus and we were challenging her. And, nope. The Bible says that nature itself will testify of God. I don't need to say a word. I don't need to do anything. In the end, man is without excuse. God can reveal himself as he would choose. We have a young man in this church. He has uh, an amazing testimony. God came and spoke to him. No one spoke to him but God. He, 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 he got a visual. And he believed it was God speaking to him. And he sought after God. He began to open his heart to God. He, be, he began to get himself ready for whatever God might want to do because he started to really believe. It was that significant of a moment one evening sitting in a chair outside. God came to him in, in some fashion. I'll let him tell you the whole story. But here's what I want you to get. He came back home and and he sat at home and pondered these things and a couple of guys, Jack was one of them, I don't know who was walking with Jack that particular time, Roy. Jack and Roy's walking in the neighborhood praying. Part of our vision to reach the neighborhood. And they meet up with this kid. They invite him to come over. Saturday we're going to have a little, little party out here. We had hamburgers and hot dogs and inflatables and all kinds of stuff. And people came and he came over. Sat down. These guys talked to him. Other people talked to him. Then he came to church. Sat in church. Heard Dave and I both preach. Came to men's group. Ate breakfast with us said, hey, let's have a little family meeting. You and us. Probably scared him to death. Okay. We sat down, we talked, we got to know him, we heard this story. We started talking more, asking questions. And we both, Pastor David and I both realized that, you know what, there's some unfinished business here. And Pastor, I said, Pastor Dave, take it, run with it. Talk to this man about the gospel. And he said, have you ever heard the gospel? Like, has, has anyone ever just told you about Jesus? And, no. You want to hear about it? Yeah. Here's what Jesus did. You want to receive him as your Savior? You want to pray and ask him to forgive your sins and, and be saved? Yeah, I'd like that. I'd like that. Somebody's got to tell people. Somebody's got to tell somebody. 
not the way this was supposed to go this morning. I was in, church, uh, in the hospital once, and I, I was with this lady, this black lady, and she had sickle cell anemia, and she was dying, and her family called me in to, to visit with them, and I came in to visit with them uh, for a little bit, and, and everybody knew she was dying, but she was more like the cat with nine lives. She had been going to die, and then she revived and, and, and got up and went about her way and then got sick again, and so there was, this was maybe like, you know, fifth, sixth time uh, of this thing, but they really expected that she would die, and... Uh, and, and I walked in, and she was kind of like, like semi-conscious, and her family was all around crying, and some on the floor and just standing around. And it was a difficult situation because she was, she was just a beautiful lady and young, and uh, her, her son was there, her daughter was there, uh, the in-laws were there. And uh, I went in, and I, I came up by her bed, and I called her by name. And, and she grabbed my hand, and she's, she's holding my hand. But she's not like holding my hand like you shake your hand. Like she's holding my hand, but she's moving her hand. And so I'm like, I'm moving with her, you know. It's like she's got me moving everywhere. And, and she's, she, all of a sudden, it's like out of nowhere. Um, she goes, I got to tell somebody. Oh, I got to tell somebody. And then she, she, she's, and I, I'm like, what, what is going on? And she goes, I got to tell somebody. Oh, about my Jesus. And she just wouldn't quit. She just wouldn't quit. This woman, this amazing woman, is on her deathbed. And the thing that is gripping her the most is this need to tell somebody. You're not sick. You're not terminal. You have voices. You have hearts for crying out loud. I told you, I'm going to push it. We got to tell somebody about Jesus. That's who we are. That's what we're about. That's the gospel. The true gospel message is heard and then it goes around the world. That's us. That's, that's you and I. There's no other answer. And I'm going to push it a little bit further here. I'm going to tell you this. If we don't share the gospel, it's sin. It is sin. There's an old Muslim proverb. It goes something like this. The man who is evil is the man who in the desert knows the way to the oasis and the well of water and tells no one. Tells no one. James chapter 4. Remember James? James really set us on a path last year. Verse 13, listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. Why, 
you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? Remember Pastor Dave's sermon? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. Here's the crux, verse 17. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. That's not Bill Carpenter. That is Bible. That is Bible. I'm as guilty as the next guy. I'm just taking you with me where I'm going, all right? This isn't a message of condemnation. This isn't a message of guilt. This isn't a message of, of, of shame. This is a message of exhortation for us to come up and be what God has called us to be and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. We know where the water is. We know where the fountain is. And it is Jesus himself. And I challenge you and I that we live out of that. Last thing is this. Why share the gospel? Because it's God's heart. It is God's heart. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. The tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, and they said, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Heaven forbid. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Here's my closing thoughts on all of this today. Number one, God's value system is different from ours. It's just totally different. And you know what? That's something we've got to deal with. That's something we've got to, to work with. We've got to work through it and accommodate it. Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. It's amazing. Is a whole different system of values with God. Verse 40, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. It is time for you and I to open up our spirit, not just to welcome God, but to welcome the lost. And this is the problem in the church today. And again, I stepped on toes last time. I may step on some toes this time. But you know what? We've been so busy making, the, preparing the way, making the way for the Lord. Folks, the Lord is here. 
All right? He's here. We need to make the way for the sinner. We need to open a door that welcomes a sinner. God's been here. Some of you, you want the next glory, you want the next level. Forget the next level for a little while. Let's just stay where we are and get some sinners in the house. We're coming in here and we're praying for Grandma Bertha's bunion on her big toe. People are dying and going to hell. I know that sounds harsh, but it is the reality. It is, I, am, I, am, I am adamant, I am dramatic to awaken you. I love you and I'm in this with you. I, I am quickening myself. Even as I preach to you, I am quickening me. Because I believe this is God's heart. This is what is on God's heart. So let me ask you this question in closing. What are the things that keep us, you, me, from sharing our faith? What is going on inside of you? Is it fear? Is it, is it unbelief? Is it comfort? Is it rejection? Is it busyness? What are the things that are keeping you from going out there and sharing Jesus Christ with someone else? And you need to be able to identify those things. And we need to begin to be able to work through some of that. Because for some of us, it's just answering a simple question or two. And then looking at what the Bible says about it. And, and, and rising up and, and being the person that God has called us to be. 1 John chapter 3, verse 15. Anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Isn't that interesting? That's, that, that's very interesting to me that, that, that he, he makes this particular statement. And then immediately he says, this is how we know what love is. He moves from murder, from, from icing someone off, from, from, from totally giving no value to life at all, over to this is what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. I'm fully convinced in my own heart, I don't know where you are, but when he speaks about brothers and sisters there, that is not an excuse just to stay in the church with your brothers and sisters. There are men and women out there who need to become brothers and sisters. They are family. They just haven't been found and adopted yet. But they belong. They belong. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Sunday night we came in here and we prayed. There were about 16 of us, I think, that gathered right here in this section and, and, and we prayed on Sunday night. We'll be here tonight praying at 6 o'clock. But, but we came right in here and we prayed. And almost invariably all the scriptures were about evangelism and about reaching out and, and about sharing the light of Jesus and, and evangelizing and all that kind of stuff. It was really, really tremendous. And I'm like, man, look at that God. God. The Spirit of God is moving here. We're, we, got, we got people praying scriptures right and left and they're, they're all just building on each other. And this is an amazing thing. And I gave like a little, little I think it was like a five-minute uh, call at, at the end. You know, we've got about five more minutes here. And uh, so if you haven't, haven't shared yet, you know, you, you need to share. And, uh, and, and Bridge Hellison came up. People had shared wonderful scriptures. I mean, like 
excellent scriptures. And I'm like, wow, I forgot about that scripture. And wow, look at that, an Old Testament scripture that just speaks to, you know, to, to sharing your, your, your life and being a light and all of that. And then Bridge, just, Bridge walks up, puts his Bible on, on, on the, the, the uh, little thing here and, and, and looks at it. And then he goes, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life and sat down. I felt the heat in my face. It's not that heat like, oh, I just got embarrassed. You know, or my pants are unzipped or something like that. It was that heat like, I'm convicted I'm challenged because here is an unbelievable, simple message. And we all prayed it and we petitioned it and we, we were interceding for it. And then this little guy comes up and he just nails it. There's the heart of it right there. That's right where it's at. For God so loved. Now, I'll be led by that kind of child any day. Final question. What are you going to do with Jesus? In John chapter 13, Peter asked the Lord in verse 37, he says, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus knew Peter's heart. And he answered back to Peter and he said, basically asked him a huge question. Will you really lay down your life for me? And then he exposes Peter's heart, not in a, in a condemning, harsh or evil way. He just was basically like, Peter, before that rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. He's saying... What, is, what, what really is your heart? Let me show you what your heart really is. Would you really lay your life down for me? Let me, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're actually going to deny me. With all the love in the world, Jesus was embracing Peter and preparing him for his own humanity. See, I think we've sat in the church and said, yeah, we need to evangelize. I think we've yes and amen Pastor Bill and Pastor Dave's messages. I think we, we, we amened that message last Sunday because it deserved to be amened. It was the message. But do we really? Do we really intend to do something with Jesus? Do we really intend to share Him? We have to stop today. Please come back next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is challenging. This is shaking us up. I told you two Sundays ago, God intended to shake us. And I told you the, the main reason we don't pray for the, the, the Lord of the harvest of sin harvesters is because we know in our own hearts that we are those, we are those laborers. We, we know that we, there's some stuff we know here. But you know what? We're going towards it. We're going towards it. And we're not going to stop. Because we, we have to go there. Would you just stand with me? 
man, what's, what's keeping you from evangelizing? Listen to me. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you can know him today, right now. And I want you, if, if you are in that place, I want you. Jesus died for your sins. And he died so that you could be free. And he wants to forgive you of your sins and give you eternal life and a life that's full and rich. And he wants to do that right now. That's, that's, that, that's the message right there. And so you of all people, you are most important to, to me today because I want you to know the Savior. I want you to be rescued. I want, you, I want a rescue mission uh, today, right here, right now, if you don't know Jesus. I want you to come and talk to me personally right here after we pray. Now the rest of you, if you know Jesus, what are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with the gospel? Amen. Amen. That's what we have to do. That's exactly what we have to do. Is we have to spread this word. We have to get it out. It is a fragrance. It is a fragrant offering that needs to go into the land. It needs to go throughout the earth. And we are the carriers. We are the barriers. All right? We are, we are the ones who bear this fragrance. And we've got to take it. So I want, to, I want to challenge you today that you look at whatever it is. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes, please. What is keeping you from sharing the gospel? Is it fear? God is not the author of fear. He has not given you the spirit of fear or the spirit of timidity, but of love and power and soundness of mind. Is it unbelief? Go to Him. Get in His Word. Study what He has done. Let your faith be built up through the, the Word of God. The soldier said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Let's ask God for faith. Is it rejection? Listen, you will be rejected of men, but not because of you, because of Him. And let Him take care of that rejection. And let Him give you a good sense of identity so that you can, can go out and you can share His love. Maybe there's other things. Are you just so busy? Have you just gotten your life so busy that you can't give time to this? Then look at what you can lay down. Look at somehow. Are, are you ill-equipped? Talk to me and Pastor Dave. We'll do, our, we'll do everything we can to help you. To equip you. We're going to do that all year long. To equip you. What else is there? Let, let the Holy Spirit speak something to you. What is keeping you from being a witness of Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel and evangelizing? Father, in the name of Jesus, right now I ask you to release your love and your power over every person in this room. I ask you to begin to pull back and take away every obstacle that hinders the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, Pastor Dave gave his heart last week to, to present this gospel. And now I ask you to take that presentation and I ask you to ignite it in the heart and the soul of every man and woman, boy and girl in this room. And I ask you to begin to encourage them and trouble them until they are giving this gospel to others. God, I ask for your anointing upon every person in the name of Jesus. 
Use us, God. Send us out into our neighborhoods and into this city and beyond that we may share the love of Jesus Christ with others. Do it. And then you get all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please know that everything that I've said to you today, I have said to you out of a heart of love and care and compassion, not only for you, but those who you will go to. Because ultimately that is the heart of God. So go in the name of Jesus. Amen.